podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm no spring chicken. There you go. Thanks, Kyle Riker. <laughs> Riker dad. Your skills in Anbo Jitsu say otherwise. <laughs> Anbo Jitsu, to the death. Now. Dad, get out of bed. Dickhead. Wow, Dad, that is harsh. Kyle Riker, man. What a jerk. Um, anyway, that said, let me all tell you whether or not you should watch this episode by clicking the sound, and then that happens, and then we all say, hey, oh, wow, should we? Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they get more cryptic as time goes on. Well, it's like, you know. I can't give you any explicit reasons not to watch this episode. <laughs> Yet. I mean, let's finish a discussion with Andy before we truly arrive it's, at that conclusion. It's the review that every creator uh, hopes for. That, uh, <laughs> people can't think of reasons to not watch it. I know there are reasons, probably, but I can't think of any right now, so go ahead and watch it, maybe. Are you watching any other new TV? New TV? I watch the newest television there is, a Sony Bravia. Hi, I'm Matt Myra. It's going to be an upsetting episode. (laughs) (laughs) Already a little bit disturbing. Uh, Do I watch any new TV? Yeah, I watch What We Do in the Shadows every week. Oh, yeah, I guess that counts as new. It feels old. (laughs) I mean, it should. It comes out every week now. Uh, And I watch uh, Watching Bake Off, new season of Bake Off. Is that that the British one? Yeah, 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 the British one. And... um, other than that, that's really all I'm watching this new. Oh, I watch Marvel What If every week. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, this week is the last on one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it right now. You? What's next? What's the Marvel? What's the next Marvel one? Oh, um, Hawkeye, which looks Hawkeye, great. Because right. lo- right. that trailer did look great. I really like that trailer. It did look good, yeah. I mean, again, anything said it's It's, it's maybe Hawkeye's perfect... Um, it's his perfect um, sort of slot. It's a, it's a small TV show story. Well, it always feels like he's a little bit out out of his place but in, that, you a, know, in a giant Avengers you movie. You know what's funny is I was thinking about Hawkeye today, yeah. weirdly. Um, and I've decided that Hawkeye does have superpowers. Uh-huh. And because otherwise, like... Remember that line... They're in, like bullseye superpowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, remember that line in um, I don't know Civil War where he's either. where Tony Stark is like, I, "I thought you retired," and then Hawkeye's. This is all, you know, thereabouts. What they said, not the exact quote, but like Hawkeye says <laughs> something to the effect of, "He's like, yeah, I played golf and then I shot eighteen, so I got bored." <laughs> <laughs> which is like okay so for any human being to be able to shoot holes in hole in one on every single hole 
Right. That's a superpower. That's, you gotta be. You gotta have some gift. This is from someone who's trying to golf. <laughs> but no, it's like, but it is like, yeah, he definitely has a gift. To, but I mean, it's like, a, but I guess it's to, a question of what, where does it, where does it cross over from gift to superpower? Well, the fact that he chooses to use this to not be the PGA champion and win millions of dollars every year. Yeah. I think that he's a hero. He's a real, Ooh. I think he's a real superhero, you know? Well, I don't know that it was ever a question uh, whether it was superheroes, no, just, but I know, do. I think, he has, I think he has powers. I'm not saying. I think he's like you know. He's pre. He's pre. Here's something that I don't think was ever discussed in the Marvel canon. Um, maybe it, it was. In nerds, let me know. Is Hawkeye a mutant? Well, that's what I was just gonna say. I said he's yeah. got like some level mutant ability, right? Like he has to. I don't know if that's like. I guess what's the the mutant gene is a specific thing though so yes, i guess it it's is. just a question of whether it's just a gift or it's a specific to the mutant gene anyway so anyone you know i'm sure i'm sure it's out there but my question about hawkeye is is it ever established in the comics that he is a superhero yeah okay that's it that's um, all I'm wondering. if you want more uh, check out Marveling. <laughs> it's probably not as well informed as that discussion was. The Marveling on the Patreon. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of like I kind of wish we had like a comic book expert like uh, chat line that like whenever we had a question like that, like, we could just like pop them into a podcast. <laughs> I mean, we must know like, enough on standby. Just go beep beep beep. <laughs> I mean, There's I know no some, enough prof- professional I, nerds that I, we could. Uh, yeah, but like these people, like we could text. There's like a guy on YouTube that's like Comics Explained. I think is his YouTube channel, but like he seems to know uh-huh. every fucking storyline for Marvel and DC. Sure. And it's just like I wish that I had that at my disposal. I'm, pr- I'm almost positive if you reached out to him, you could get that text number, <laughs> and he will be happy to be on call. Um. Maybe he's got kids. I don't know what that guy's story is, but uh, <laughs> he's got. Seems he's got, to me, he's got uh, YouTube stuff to make. Right. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's beside the point. We're here to talk about Star Trek, Andy. Are we not Hawkeye? God, stupid! We better go to the Admirals Club before the shrimp gets eaten. All right. Matt. Yeah. How do they get into this Admiral's Club? Well, through the door we walked in, but if you want to be allowed in, you're going to have to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, then you have the key key access to this cool, cool lounge. It's very easy. Maybe Andy will read it on the air. Who knows? Here's two. To exemplify what my co-host has described to you, um, this is ironically from host number one, <laughs> and the title is Best Call Ever. Uh, sorry, The Best Caller Ever. Hello, Matt and Andy, longtime listener, first-time reviewer. I haven't watched TNG for the longest time, and this podcast was my catalyst to start again. The proudest moment of my life was when Matt referred to my voice ale on the episode Darmok as the, and I quote, quote, the best call we've ever gotten, <laughs> And yes, I'm more proud of that than I am of my two children. Keep up the great work, guys, and I can't wait to hear more trivia about Frank Sinatra, Brian T. Roy. <laughs> uh, 
welcome to the Admirals Club, finally. I mean, best call ever. I feel like you should have been in earlier, but okay. It's up to you. You didn't write the review until now, so. <laughs> you know, in fairness, I, I don't know. Are you allowed to write more than one review on Apple Podcasts? Uh, no, but I think you can edit your old reviews, maybe. I see. But Again, then, I, I said, I said, I said no top. so confidently. I have no idea, yeah. actually, Andy. Right. You really did. It's that thing. It's an it's Apple a, genius it's that answer thing I, right there. It's the thing I do on podcasts where I'm like, well, I don't have time to look up the correct answer, so I'll just say the maybe the wrong answer, but authoritatively, and everyone will agree. Our styles are not the same. My style <laughs> is to always act like I'm unsure, even if I'm 90% sure. <laughs> um, the future from Short, Ner- Short Nerdy Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, if you find this message. I'm Captain Spike from one of the first Space Force ships. I'm from the future, and I'm lost in space adrift. The year is 2039, and the only thing keeping me alive is listening to your podcast. Now, Matt, you must be asking how Andy, uh, asking Andy, how are we are reading this if this is from the future? Well, good news, bad news. Good news is in 20, 2033, Apple figured out time travel. <laughs> bad news is it only comes with iPhone 20 Pro Max, which costs $2,000 uh, 2000 outright. doesn't say $2,000. It could be credits. could be anything. Or $100 a month. Uh, so this is how... I'm getting this message to you guys. Love the podcast. I mean, let's take a look at that. And there is a small chance that's accurate. There is. Like, what if he's really lost? I mean, he can't do anything about it. Really, he, he would have to say, Andy, you have a what are you have a Voyager mug? There's coffee. I sure in that do. Nebula. Read it for the people. <laughs> it says there's coffee in that nebula. The That's right. Janeway <laughs> coffee mug. Did the did the Star Trek store email get you to do that? Because by the way, I got an email from them, and I was like, "Oh, that's not a bad mug." Well, I did order. A did. Mug. I did order. It a was mug, a while I ago. I think it was on after that episode that we watched in Voyager, and I was like, "There's got to be a coffee, a Janeway coffee mug out there." It was yes, <laughs> and there was. <laughs> now I'm looking because I ordered something from Star Trek, and I don't remember what the hell it was. The official <laughs> shop, as it were, my favorite captain. Um. Oh, I ordered the Ships of the Line Pride mug that has like oh. the outlines, uh, silhouette of every ship in rainbow. So you could you could compare how how big each one is to the other ones. Yeah, just like I want like <laughs> I want to see this on my my thing, and then like I want to holding see up this. the D's, holding up his. No, this is this model. is this is the NX. Oh, that's one. not the D. And then the, the Reliant. Oh right. Oh, and those are to size. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh. None of is them it are, the same? What's annoying to me about this line? Wait a minute. Is there's are they what not, what class is that? Is, what class is what? The NX01? It's the NX class. Oh, the NX01 is not the same as Reliant even though they're both they have the two nacelles sort of. Right. No. They, they, also it looks more like an Akira class. But here's the here's where I was most annoyed by the scale problem that these Eagle Moss XL models have. You uh-huh. ready? Okay. The Reliant, you remember the Reliant, right? Sure, Star Trek Two. The Enterprise A, which is a Constitution class refit, also from Star Trek Two, right? Okay. These saucer sections should be the same yeah. size, but I find them to be not at all the are, same size. The are you Reliant sure they're supposed big. to be the same size? I mean, pretty sure. I mean, Can't look look at the size of these. Did it. Look at the size of these nacelles. Look at the nacelle size difference. The Why Reliant am I showing it to you with my larger. hand covering it? But. You know? Well, can't we assume that they got the specs right? Uh, no, you can't assume that. And I'll tell you why you can't assume that. Because when you got a ship like the 
Enterprise B, uh-huh. which is essentially an Excelsior, right? Jesus, that is a weird-looking ship. That's completely not to scale. Oh, yeah, because that's is, huge. This, is, this, is, this should be almost the size of the D. I mean, this thing's gigantical. All right. Anyway, mm, that was fun. Fun with Eagle Moss XL models, everybody. There's a lot of blue on that one. It's yeah, there atypical. is. They really, you know, because they had to make it, they had to just essentially a dress, turquoise. they had to dress up the Excelsior model. Uh-huh. You know? Cause there to make it not look like the Excelsior? Yeah. 1701B. Uh, I got to tell you, I don't like the look of that one. Look, that's up to you. You can make your decisions on which ships you prefer and which ships you don't, and that's okay. Tell them I'm turning down the turning down the captaincy. All right. I mean, you're gonna miss out on probably a lot of adventures. I I belong as first officer on this podcast. I I refuse to move on with my career, <laughs> <laughs> no matter how ready I am. <laughs> All right. Andy's just waiting for me to die during a mission or during an episode. And yes! then it's mine! Take over. Uh, that's it for the Admirals Club, buddy. Uh, and that was the Admirals Club. Welcome oh, no. Wrong way. Oh, we walked Club. back into the Admirals Club. We just walked Some out the front door. Now we got to go back in. Go to leave a five-star We gotta, walk through, sure we gotta walk through this door. And that was the Admiral's Club. Into the President's Circle. The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Yes, it's the United Federation Planets. What? United Federation of Planets President Circle. It's an exclusive <laughs> club, which you can easily become a member of by heading over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. You get to support the show and get yourself buttloads of content. And that is probably the most accurate descriptor of how much content we're putting out there. That's up to four bonus episodes of podcasts each and every month, ranging from two hours to three hours. <laughs> Yeah, rarely anything shorter. Uh, anyway, Andy uh, likes to brevity read a, is not our key skill. Andy likes to read a message uh, that he uh, deems particularly worthy of receiving the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, uh, singling out excellence in Patreon commenting. Uh, so, Andy, who's 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 getting that medal this week? Uh, you got a really one key one, and then the other one sort of built upon it in a very uh, clever way, and it also serves our um, what's currently uh, the hubbub over on the Patreon, which is um, our uh, a friend of ours is uh, giving away a Dr. McCoy a mock time figure. I mean, and uh, during so during Spocktober, everybody, which by the way, during- I. <laughs> I saw the official Star Trek store. They're having a Spocktober promotion. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. good. Somebody had. I mean. Well, that's a lot of the topics of the uh, the hails uh, today because uh, we were saying you, my... were, you were impressed that I'd come up with Spocktober. Yes. And then I was impressed, too, that I was like, that must not be original. My mother um, my mother I... reported that uh, yes. someone in there was saying, or someone in the maybe in the Patreon, no, no, Facebook group maybe was saying that it should be Doctober. 
Well, I mean, you're you're just jumping ahead now. So I can't I think, help I don't it. Know if I can't it was help the it. Same. This is what Mary Myra likes to do. She likes to tell me all kinds of things about what's going on on the internet with the podcast. I mean, she can feel free, and you can feel free, but I, nonetheless, how whether am it was... I to know that you're go- also going to report Mary Myra's findings? Well, I did do a pretty long lead up to uh, this topic, so it felt like probably that's where I was going. Yeah, but, but nonetheless, but, but I don't, I but, don't know if it, in the in the in the face group it was here's what Tom I'm, Bondurant who wrote this hail. So I don't know, or if it's someone else. Here's but, what I'm uh, saying, though. I can tell you, Tom Bondurant is uh, in the president circle, so I'm that gives him an edge. Simply <laughs> avoiding, yes, a text message from my mother. What what would the, would the that would say? Text message why didn't you say that? I told you that that was that that was. Oh, I gotcha! I gotcha! Sure. So sure. you know these are the pitfalls and dangers. If your mother started well, listening Mary to Myra's our show, Mary Myra's are Mary Myra's our perpetual Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardee for she's, a, um, she's our chief medical for giving officer. birth to our to uh, uh, co-host Matt Myra. So we'll uh, always be tops in this podcast. Tops in book. our book, Mom. All right. Andy, continue. Lieutenant Tom Bondurant Sorry. writes us, guys, you can still give away the McCoy figure in Doctober, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, keeping with, with mm-hmm. what Matt has reported from Matt Mary Myra. <laughs> However, if you wanted to give away, get rid of any Voyager merch, you'd probably have to wait until Janeway-ary. <laughs> People were very impressed by, including me. Uh. And then he had also said uh, later on, uh, you know, that if we uh, if we because people were going, we're rapidly coming up with different. There's a bunch of different things on the postings in uh, in the Patreon. Sounds and I'm like sure. a, this sounds like a hashtag war. Uh, I'm sure in Facebook too, if you want to take a look. And uh, he also came up with uh, June Luke. So <laughs> if we want to wait until June. June. June Luke Picard. He's oh. confused. This time he was pun blind. June Luke. Um, I think if you had Jeffrey, said, I think if you said June Luke, I would have gotten it. Oh, I pronounced it wrong. It wasn't French enough for you. No, I mean it. Just like my brain didn't put it together. But with the je, it would have. All I'm Luke. saying is for marketing purposes. That's what we're gonna have to say. <laughs> it would be stated. It wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't be stated. It would be. You would something you see. So it would be no pronunciation. Uh, Jeffrey Jakes. We work uh, in an audio also, medium. Of course, there'd be an audio pronunciation. Oh, for us, <laughs> yes, I suppose that's true. Um, uh, Jeffrey Jakes uh, adds, and the McCoy figurine would make a great gift since the <laughs> December noni holidays are almost <laughs> upon us. <laughs> and then Jeffrey's hologram is off exploring its humanity. So this is Jeffrey's hologram. Please leave a message. Uh, adds, uh, uh, I can't believe I missed June Luke. I spent forever on that month. Um, and then Talking Mustache, who is giving us, who is, who is, or is offering the McCoy figure uh, to some lucky member of the uh, president's circle. I don't know if we specified that at the beginning. We're giving it away to some member, not to the president's circle, uh, any lieutenant level tier, or president's circle tier but except um, at the end of if October. You, if you join us at the Q Continuum level, you're not eligible. Oh, I really? Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, seems yeah. like that's not. I think that Matt is just saying Sorry. that because he's still afraid that someone's going to take us up on that, and then we're going to <laughs> we're going to have to organize having a guest host. Um, I don't think there's any danger in that. In the three years running the show, no one has signed up for that. Um, so, if some eccentric billionaire suddenly discovers us, then I suppose it might happen. Um, who's the billionaire that's a Star Trek fan? Is it Bezos? I don't know. I think they all Somebody like Star is. Trek. They're all nerds. That's true. 
Talking Mustache writes, uh, who's giving us the McCoy figure, just to be clear, the McCoy figure is not cursed. Yes, it plays drums sometimes when bad stuff happens. And yes, when you look at it, it always seems to be looking in your direction. But that's all. But just to be safe, don't feed it after midnight. Um, also, they're afraid so, of light. That's why I kept the light on as a kid. I didn't want gremlins. Sign up and you may behold this monkey's paw of a toy every morning as you rise. Put it next to your alarm clock. <laughs> um, and now we're into the priority one messages. Okay. Proper. That's happening. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. All right, Andy. What's the first message? It is from Andy. Have you watched The Shield yet? If no, do it before you get employed again. Um, no immediate danger of that, friend. Um, and I have not watched The Shield. Oh, the Michael Chiklis uh, program. Correct. Have you? No. The same friend who recommended The Wire to me, which is now one of my favorite shows, also recommends The Shield to me. And I may be doing a podcast with him, that uh, a new podcast that uh, we're in. Uh, if not, the sh- we don't watch The Whole Shield. We'll definitely watch some of The Shield. So I'll probably dive in. Anyway. Uh, Classic Andy. This person. He'll only watch it if it's for a show. <laughs> Look, I don't that's have me, all this, what we that's do in the shadows, too. time to throw around. It's a 30-minute <laughs> like, show. It's a hoot. Let me tell you, I love that show. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the, Andy, have you watched The Shield yet? Uh, writes, uh, in regards to the prior episode, um, Dark Page, this shit is worse than 94.4, of uh, season one and two. Wow. A lot of strong opinions about Dark Page. Mr. The Ultimate Trekker writes, I'm amazed. Loxana Troy, not unbearable. Being in a coma for half the episode helped. Don't disagree. And uh, Although when she was Ultimate awake, Tr- it was pretty rough. Um, I mean, that was my feeling. Ultimate Trekker also says, every time Maquis is, quote, thinking, I expected someone's head to blow up. <laughs> I, I did, too. I mean, that sound cute. There's a weird track, track in shot in pretty the sound. Crazy. Um, uh, Lieutenant Neil Studd writes, uh, quote, medical emergency in the Arboretum, unquote, would be a great name for a prog rock album. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I quite agree. Uh, Christopher Chris Christopherson writes, Dark Page is probably the best Loxana Troy episode. Though that's like saying uh, you've got the best broken nose in the rugby team. <laughs> well, you know. I forgot to tell you, well, there will be one hail later on. I really thought the... you were going to say, I forgot to tell you, I played rugby. <laughs> <laughs> no. I played several sports throughout my life uh, in, in, uh, in connection to uh, school teams. And I always, it was always, the, it was always the practice. <laughs> it wasn't even the games. It was usually the practice that I was like, oh, this is terrible. I don't want to wake up for this. <laughs> and I would quit. <laughs> you know, having us run laps and stuff. I just want to go and play a game. Um, not, not the ultimate athlete. Andrew's good. That is true. But uh, like, yeah, I'm just like thinking about that. Like the idea of like running laps for golf. <laughs> It'd be very funny. I had to warm up, run run through the first, second, and third hole, and then come back, and then I can take a swing. I don't really watch bowling. Bowlers are not generally fit, or are they? Uh, you know, modern science. Uh, I feel like everyone's fit. 
even like you know watching like the world series of poker <laughs> you're talking about this like this is tng or everyone's no. not fit well i mean like it, what i'm saying is like people that like do a thing a specific thing that do it really well it, it, i find like like tiger woods was like one of the first golfers that like had the gym regimen going and I now see. and now everybody on the PGA tour is like travels with the gym and like is very fit. It's like everybody is competing against people. <laughs> yeah, because with like the top level training. Yeah, and so they all have to match it's up. It's the to sports it. science of it all. So like uh-huh. I was saying, even like now when I watch like poker, uh, a lot of the pro- <laughs> poker pros are like super fit and like vegan and like just to like I don't know they just just to get that edge whatever that edge is they need mm-hmm. it. So that edge hasn't crossed over into the comedy writing world, guys. It has not, nor will it ever. <laughs> uh, Joel from the North Pole, great, mm. uh, writes. I, I I feel like I've stumbled on this name before, and I've asked the same thing of like, "Are you really from the North Pole?" That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, this episode affects me emotionally every time because I'm a parent and the thought of tragically losing a child kills me inside. Mm-hmm. Matt and Andy are absolutely right that putting Phantasms and Dark Page back to back was a bad decision. I agree. It also should have been like, oh, fuck, we have a, you know, a decent idea for a Loxana episode. We should like space it. Put it somewhere where it can do its thing. But instead. It's very it's just perpetually strange and i understand that there's certain production things and i mean i can't imagine majel barrett wasn't available whenever they needed her um but uh but there's some you know sometimes you're backed into a production decision but it really really hinders it particularly if you're like a true fan and you're you know, watching wild. one episode and then you're like all right what's the next one it's wild well, same it's thing. wild to think that like season two of d space nine was happening while this season was happening it's pretty crazy Season two. Yeah, because season one... And it got was, good in season four again? I mean, that's debatable. I, my memory of it is, you know, season three, season four. Mm. Like, four is when Worf shows up, so it's like, right. that's pretty good. And then, uh, but, you know, it's weird. So he had a year off. A year off of what? Dorn had a year off after well, the end. not of, really. Although they had movies he had did, between, Yeah, right? he did Generations, mm-hmm. and then I think not long after that, he showed up on the ship, on uh, the station. Um, man, he must have. This is a gauche statement, but beyond having made a lot from having been on these two long running series, he must have made a mint because his quote must have been really healthy by the time he got to DS9. I mean, his hobby is flying planes, so what does that tell you? <laughs> the longer you're on a show. You're, the more your quote goes up, or if you if you get if you get if you sort of test for a lot of stuff, your quote keeps going up. Um, test being that you get really close on a on a show, they renegotiate the deal before you're on the show. Um, so, man, must have been real sizable. Uh, anyways. Uh, Lieutenant Cam writes. Uh, also, uh, I think you had asked about the Riker Troy wedding. Um, I believe one of the admittedly non-canon novels goes into it and how Loaxana wanted and got a big ceremony and party. And it also says that Loaxana adored Riker. I think that's actually kind of neat because there are some very subtle clues over time from Majel Barrett's acting that she is uh, she really is fond of him, uh, after all, especially in this one. 
The script sucks, but I think Majel was a marvelous actress in that way. Did she get your lessons, Andy? <laughs> um, I mean, she she would have come for as a guest lecturer. I would not have. Uh, I would not have been in any position to teach the great Majel Barry. I mean, Andy doesn't know how to act like your telepathy has been bothering you. That's a Majel. That's a Majel uh, <laughs> adjunct professor. You know, I never really thought about it in this perspective, but. Uh, Riker is kind of closer in personality to Luxana than he is to Troy. He's sort of more of a kind of body kind of, you know. I mean, I, I guess that Troy's also a sexual creature, but Riker, like, is basically, you know, he's playing the field. Oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> that's where it's... I don't know. In terms of sexuality, like, Riker's closer to Loxana than he is to Troy. Isn't well, he? also, it's very true that Loxana does not care for a fourth shift uh, anywhere, let alone on the Enterprise. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, those, all those head to heads between Loxana. Oh, Loxana should have. They should have done an episode where uh, Jellico. And Luxana, to go head to head and have a have a uh, having a, a romance. That's my opinion. What are you playing over there? I'm just I was just queuing up Star Trek: The Next Generation. You know the show that we're going to watch later, but I see. I just wanted to queue it up, and I, I'm sorry, everybody, but it made noises. Um, it, uh, oh, okay. Jorgen God. Peterson. Sorry, God, Andy, can't do anything Christ. right by you. That's going on over there. Um, uh, Jorgen Peterson writes, uh, I don't remember it being mentioned back in the Star Trek Picard days. <laughs> how do we feel that Troy went on to name her own daughter Kestra? Also so sad that Troy, like her mother, lost a child she couldn't save. Do you? Did you have any memory of that? This blew my mind. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. I, I, th- I feel like we mentioned it. Maybe we did. I feel like we did, but I thought that was a. I, mean, I, I thought that was a very nice uh, touch. Yes, although I mean, it that, is that, that episode, which is it like certainly would have been a... worse if Ke- if Kestra was the one that that she couldn't save. So it's just like, all right, guys, stop using that name. Um, that episode is such a like downbeat in the season, where yeah. it's like, let's pause everything and do this little fan servicey TNG fun. And yeah. uh, as a result, it's one of the best episodes. <laughs> sure, for sure. Uh, that's it for the uh, president's president's circle. hail for ha- priority president's, one president's hail portions. Correct. Let's get out of here. All right, Andy. Let's open up our regular fun hails. Uh, I guess I'll use this one. Captain, incoming message. Um, this is from Kurt Unstead, uh, who writes, uh, Matt noted how selfish Laksana was for insisting that everyone, including Mr. Troy, never mention their first daughter ever again. On the Blu-ray, Blu-ray, Jesus Christ. On the Blu-ray, we have a couple of deleted scenes for this episode, uh, although they're really just extended scenes. The first one is literally just a line where Troy's dad yells, quote, the current was too strong while Loaxana is sobbing over Kestra's death. The other, though, adds more to the final scene where Diana and Loaxana are talking about Kestra 
And Loxana specifically mentions how selfish it was of her to make everyone do this. I think it's a shame that line wasn't included because it would have been a nice bit of self-awareness from a character who rarely sees her own flaws. I agree. Uh, that that was. Uh, that, I think they. I feel like they could have found the space for that. You know, one less uh, one less scene down the hallway with the barking dog. I think you're good. For sure, and there's also a lot of repeated stuff with with Luxana and you know in distress and Troy trying to get the truth out of her and like you easily could have taken that shit out or tightened it down anyway. Um, and then we have a voice hail. We do play at your leisure. I just told you there's a oh did I never no, get to it? There's a voice hail in the. Didn't I just say there's a voice hail in, the, in today's no. sounds? No, I guess I was about to. And Everyone, listen me. back. Find out if I'm wrong. I could this is be. another case I where he's be. where he's, he's gaslighting me, and I'm just like, I don't know. I guess he's right. This is exactly what we were talking about at the top of the episode. He always acts like he's right, and I always acts like I'm wrong. Hi guys, love the show. I have not finished listening to your most recent episode. Um, however, the the Dr. McCoy a mock time uh, action figure shouldn't that be given away in a mock Tober? Oh, that's you good guys are too. Professional writers, and you didn't pick up on this. That's good or maybe too. Maybe it's just so bad that I'm the only one that gets it. No, I don't know. A mock Tober though. A mock Tober. That's a lot of options. That- Disregard if. 30 seconds after I hang up and listen to the rest of the pod, you make the joke. But I, don't believe Good it. News. I hope you don't. I hope we I'm didn't. <laughs> Thank you for adding um, a Mocktober into the into the into the into the pool. Welcome to a Mocktober, guys. I love it. I'm into a Mocktober. Um, I kind like, of like might be a little better. <laughs> we'll have to figure out what we'll do what we'll do every month for each theme. Um If anybody has suggestions for terrible monkey's paw gifts for us to purchase and give away to people, please, please send them in. I feel um, like I feel like I can do without one of these Eagle Moss giant models. Oh, you're going to give away one of your things? A, a Matt Myra original? I mean, what are the Eagle Moss the 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 ones you've been talking about? Yeah, you're going to give away. I thought you just bought them. I'm staring at on my desk. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them. I thought you wanted the whole fleet I in do, case there was an attack. Like, but I also want our people to, you know, enjoy All whatever right. November would be with the starships involved. <laughs> I guess it would be one you don't particularly want. <laughs> so that would be kind of funny. <laughs> having the, the one lost adrift I'll just, in maybe space. Maybe I'll just give them the original Enterprise that I already broke the satellite dish off the deflector, <laughs> sure. off the deflector array. <laughs> You'll be uh, an enterprise in dead I'll, stop. I'll send it. I'll send it to them with the detached um, satellite dish deflector and dish. See if they can repair it, and then be like, hmm, I mean, here you, you go. know, they should buy then. They should buy a space a space dock or like you know something that it can kind of be in, in repairs. What I do mean, you call the look, the housing the armature? If they want to do that, they could do that, I guess. But I don't know that anyone's that making it? that. Why are you so down on? I don't that? know that's that anyone's making idea. that. So you're putting things in people's head, and I'm like, I don't know oh, if I can geez. get that. I'm just trying to help I them don't out. Know if they can, that's not provided. So anyway, send in your suggestions. Uh, all right, we're out. We're in prime correctives now. We have a few prime correctives. Uh, oh, a few. That's always uh, not a great sign for anyone. Eh, they're they're all they're all fun. They're not really. Time for a 
retrospective Cause truth is our objective It's a prime corrective Cause Matt and he got it wrong What's first? Um, from Tom Bondurant, who also wrote before, a minor prime corrective on Dad Troy's uniform. Sulu and Scotty also wear the gold shoulder straps and turtlenecks, so Troy's dad could have been an engineer or a helmsman. Apparently, the divisions got reshuffled for the movies. As Matt said, Kirk and Spock, and later Sulu, wore white for command. McCoy had a pale green turtleneck for medical, and Uhura and Chekhov both had gray turtlenecks. In Star Trek Two, I guess Chekhov should have gotten white for being Reliance First Officer, but maybe it was laundry day? <laughs> Probably was. And then a Dark Page Prime Corrective from Rabbi Frederick Reeves, who writes, While I'm sure you'll hear this from many, you indicated um, that you'd never heard Hom speak, uh, Mr. Hom, in uh, Haven, Season 1, Episode 11, his and Loxana's first episode he spends the whole episode drinking and sounding a gong finally at the very end as he's breaking out he says thank you for the drinks leaving the crew speechless uh as he has been silent for the rest of the episode wow i forgot about the good work i completely forgot that and i can't even remember it keep up thank you for the drinks nice is that what he sounds like nice thanks (laughs) um the owls are not what they seem um that's it for the hails if you would like to write us you said that sounds exactly like um noel's character on the it crowd he's a goth anyway oh. that's beside the point i only watched a couple of episodes of the it crowd and i know people are very high on it and and certainly am high on many of the people involved it never quite hit me but maybe i didn't watch enough you probably you loved watch it enough. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to send a hail to us, you can write to us at sttncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode uh, in the subject heading somewhere, unless it's unrelated to an episode. Um, if you want to uh, find Matt on Twitter or Instagram, he's at Matt Myra. I am at Andrew Secunda on Instagram or at Secunda on Twitter. Uh, if you want to send us a voice hail, it's 816-TREK-TNC. And uh, if you want to get access to our Priority One messages, which I look at first, then join the Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. All right. A brisk 37 minutes. I think I hear my dog barking profusely. (laughs) (laughs) The way you were saying that, I, knowing that this is not true, I still had an internal feeling like you were about to introduce one of our colorful characters. I think I hear the mailman coming up the road. I think I hear Engineer Scotty. Jingling. Well, now I'm sad that uh, that's not the case. Okay, I'm really upset about that. So. Thanks for thanks for nothing. Me too. Uh, now let's do what we like to do, which is uh, jump into the episode discussion with uh, the jingle that I seem to have lost somehow already again. <laughs> oh, for fudge's sake! <laughs> I hope some of you find this soothing. I hope some of you. I guess we probably naturally 
filtered out the people that find this endlessly frustrating. I hope all of you uh, continue to listen or just, you know, scrub forward a couple of seconds till maybe I find the sound clip. <sighs> okay, let's see. I've got a lot of stuff here. I've got... I think <laughs> I have to... I honestly think I have to go deal with my dog for a second. All right. Uh, hit Are we stopping? The, yeah, I'll throw it together. Guys, I found it. We crossed many doors to many places Your hails made us think of all your faces So plug the NC in your little board node Let's talk about this week's episode This week's episode is Attached, which aired the week of November 8th, 1993 Andy, what do we got? I'd Do Anything for Love by Meatloaf Oh was both the number one song in the U.S. and the number one song in the U.K. Wow, across the pond. That's how popular it was. Unbelievable. I gotta say... Let me turn that down. And it put never really here. occurred to me... never occurred to me before we did this podcast how rare it seems to be that uh, it's the number, the number one song in the U.S. is also the number one song in the U.K. Beyond the fact that, as we've discussed thoroughly... There's such oddball choices in the UK. I would think it would have been the same. I mean, it wasn't look, as much of a just global sort of translate over, you know, like uh, that that spaceship song with the Levi's commercial. Yeah. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it's in the Patreon. Um, yeah. Also, I think that mostly the UK has very strange tastes. <laughs> That's true, but I still feel like. Aren't music stars music stars? No, because remember, like for like three weeks running, it was like that those couple of dudes on that TV show that sang a Rick Isley Brothers song that was number one. That's true. <laughs> was one of them turned out to be Braun? I think, unless I'm thinking of somebody else. I don't know. On uh, Game of Thrones. Um. Anyhow's uh, number one new number one movie, Nightmare Before Christmas. Number one book, Slow Waltz in Cedar Bend by Robert James Waller. Number one TV show that week, 60 Minutes. Born that week, Cleveland Indian Francisco Linder. Events, Windows 3-1 is released. What did you, is he born? Francisco Lindor was born That's that what it says. day? Wow, that is crazy. A decade older than Francisco Lindor. Jesus. Anyway, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. I'm, I'm done. With my own mortality. That's it. No, it's okay. all right. We all face it at some point. For Matt, it was when he heard that Francisco Lindor was much younger than him. Uh, all right, Andy. Let's check in with the chairman of the board with everybody's favorite segment. Frank Sinatra, come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, come on. Andy. What was old Blue Eyes up to? Well, I'll tell you, Matt, Frank is obviously tired of hanging out in uh, Las Vegas Casino all the time. So this week finds him heading back across the country for something completely different. A four-night run in an Atlantic City casino. <laughs> Sinatra actually professed a great love for Atlantic City and performed over the decades in many of its resorts and casinos. This week finds him at the Sands. Wow. The Sands in Atlantic City? Apparently. Atlantic City I didn't know that there was one either. That's crazy. Are you looking it up? No. I'm just believing the internet. 
I guess. I don't know. There is a very sands in Atlantic City. The they were the uh, what we do in the shadows. They went to Atlantic City last week, and there was an appearance by uh, Frank, Frank, and uh, Dino, and uh, and uh, is this true? Samuel, Sammy, Sammy Davis Jr. No, no, it was three. It was three impersonators. Oh, I see. That one of the vampires hung out with the Rat Pack constantly in the '60s, right? And like couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it clearly wasn't them, it was very That's funny. Pretty funny. It's very funny. Uh, all, all right. I'm thinking of that episode now. It's funny. Okay, Andy. Uh, now that chairman of the board section is done, I can tell you all about this episode. Right. Exciting. Yes. Yep, that's what's next. Okay, this was directed by our pal Jonathan Frakes and written by Nicholas Sagan. I wonder if there's any relation to Carl Sagan. Uh, Here's the description from the Star Trek Next Generation Companion Revised Edition by Larry Nemechek. In beaming down to meet with the Kess, a society whose bid to join the Federation is the first by a non-unified world, Picard and Dr. Crusher are intercepted and taken hostage by the Prit. The Kess's isolated, xenophobic neighbors on Kess Prit to discourage their suspected Kess UFP union against them. As Riker and Worf discuss their options with Morik, the Kess begin to show a few paranoid signs of their own. Picard and Rush Crusher escape with the help of a Kess agent, but find they have been rigged with devices that open up uncontrollable telepathy between the two. Back-to-back telepathy episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, during the escape uh, and fight toward the Kessprit border, Picard and Crusher discover they become sick if they try to separate and regain some privacy. The closest leads, leads them to find out that not only are they strongly attached to each other, but that Picard was once in love with her, yet repressed it because of Jack and his death. Prit guards cause a detour that delays the beam up, leading Morik to turn the tables and accuse Riker of a UFP Prit conspiracy. Riker beams Lorik up against her will for a face-off, but the unending roadblock leaves them telling the Kess that their membership bid will be denied and that the Prit will be invaded by Starfleet investigators unless the two are are returned. Back on board, Picard finally asks Crusher about their newfound feelings, but she prefers to just stay friends, at least for now. And that is the episode Description. Thank you. I read that pretty well. Only messed up a couple of times, so... You're welcome! You smoothed it over nicely. Here we go! Captain's log, stardate 47304.2. The Enterprise has arrived at Kesprit 3 in order to evaluate an unusual request on the part of the Kes for associate membership in the Federation. This morning, she was 15 minutes late. That's the third time this week. John Luke, you don't have the slightest idea what I'm talking about, do you? No. I'm really sorry I don't. I've been telling you about... <laughs> I was thinking about the month of June and how fun it would be if we called it June Luke. Nurse Ogawa and Ensign You have to really lean on the je. <laughs> you have? Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. She only had four lines last week and she was complaining. <laughs> Not worried exactly. This notion of admitting half their planet while leaving the other half out. First of all... 
The Kess are not half the planet. They're nearly three quarters of it. And the Prit are not being left. Oh, well, look at that teacup. Uh, the teapot. The, the, the cups, I assume, fit into the sides of the teapot. That's fun. Oh, neat. They really well, figured out a way to improve their tea functionality in the future. You know they bought that off the shelf somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, not the Federation or anyone else. Every member of the Federation entered as a unified world. And that unity said something about them, that they had resolved certain social and political differences and they were now ready to become part of a larger community. By all indications, the Kess are a very unified, very progressive people. But the Pret are not. They're reclusive to the point of xenophobia. Well, think about Earth. What if one of the old nation states, say Australia, had decided not to join the world government in 2150. Would that have disqualified us as a Federation member? That analogy is not exactly... <laughs> Go ahead, number one. We've received word from Ambassador Morick. He's ready to see you and Dr. Crusher. Inform him we're on our way. Thank you for breakfast. Wait until tomorrow. I have something very special planned. It's a Vulcan dish. That's all I'll say. It's a great look. It's a fantastic look. Uh, So, Andy, what do you you think about breakfast in the captain's quarters? Love it. Love a calm scene. Just, I think it also, it does address questions I had about... Breakfast. uh, (laughs) Meals. Breakfast. About where Picard eats. Um, And uh, I don't know if it was on this or the Patreon. And then um, then I love the, the interaction between him and Beverly. They are on fire in this episode both the actors and the writers in terms of the characters i think really if anything i would kind of say whenever i've been bitching about i don't generally bitch about their relationship but about the say the crusher character or the or the 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 inner depth of a relationship between him and and crusher between picard and crusher i feel like Everyone is kind of thinking about this episode. Yeah. Um, because it's the most refined, well-delivered version of it, of their relationship. That's true. Uh, now, let's, let's, let's watch Worf not be very good at transporting. Enterprise to Kez, Security Relay Station 1. We are ready to commence transport. Acknowledge, yes. Enterprise. We have lowered our defense shield. Confirmed. Energize. This is security relay station one. Uh, Worf doesn't even look down at the console to be like, <laughs> nailed it. Well, done with that. On he's with just, my day. He's just like really, <laughs> this is like his quiet, uh, quiet hatred of the fact that O'Brien left. He's like, <laughs> Chief O'Brien went to D Space Nine. This. Son of a bitch. Now I got to do this shit. <laughs> Just some, some lower level schmo. I hate beaming. <laughs> we are ready to receive your captain and medical officer. This is the Enterprise. We have already completed the transport sequence. You should have them. Negative, Enterprise. They're not here. Uh oh. Uh, really does it does look seem like, like that would be a key. Uh, I don't know if you call it counter espionage, espionage, espionage technology to intercept 
beam beams transports beam beams. beams. Uh, it would be very funny if this entire episode was Worf pretending that he hadn't lost them uh-huh. and was constantly like trying to avoid getting messages from the surface. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and just went about his day like they'll turn up eventually him pulling aside that overheard just said you will tell this to no one <laughs> if you speak a word of this I will kill you where you stand <laughs> I don't know I don't know where they are why would I know I beam them down you can check the log we were beginning to transport I assume we must be on Casper's we're in some kind of prison cell. The question okay. is why? I can't imagine that Ambassador Morik would have any reason to detain us. Jean-Luc. What is it? Let me see. What? Looks like an implant. It seems to be connected directly to the brainstem. Some kind of coercive device? Whatever it is, I doubt it's designed for our health. She's jealous of the implant. That what is going on here? If you could tell us why you've taken us hostage, we might be able to... You are to... not hostages. You are prisoners. Prisoners on whose authority? You're being held under the authority of the Prit Security Ministry. The charges are conspiring with the enemy. Enemy? You mean the Cass? We are not fools. We are aware of the Federation attempt to establish a military alliance with the Kess. It will not be tolerated. Your information is incorrect. We have no plans there to enter no into There is no point any... in trying to mislead us, Captain. The devices which have been implanted in your cerebral cortexes will soon be calibrated to your psi wave pattern. Anyway, what a what a plan by these prits, you know? They just abduct these people because of a, some kind of impending alliance with the Federation that they want to stop. So they decide to kidnap the captain of the flagship of the Federation. I mean, it's if very they don't ambitious think, and impressive. If they don't think a lot of uh, they're going to catch some shit from Starfleet for this, then they are mistaken. Um, what is the about the only thing that I find a little bit questionable is the convenience of the implants connecting them telepathically what is their reasoning it's sort of like a a, a a truth serum kind of a kind of an intention no it's a the, i'm saying this like I, I know exactly what it is but it seems to be on the show that it will this quote-unquote psi wave pattern thing yeah will just allow them to uh see everything that they're thinking well, that's what I mean by the truth serum thing, that they'll basically get information. Yeah, but that's not it. That's different. I think a truth serum is different. I understand that theoretically it's a different thing. I'm just saying its intention is the same, which is in an interrogation. You're trying oh. to get information. Right, but also we have to say out loud to the audience that, you know, there nothing will be a secret. And this will tell us everything we need to know without having to ask any questions so that then the next plot piece of I heard what you said wait i didn't say anything so that all would theoretically work and are they just tied to each other like when or yeah, it is seems it, to or be, are they projecting thoughts outward to anyone around them it seems to be distance related to the for them uh-huh. i don't know she might have might, maybe so what i'm saying came, is a lot of its convenience and then when they walk away from each other that they have headaches it's it's all 
It's about the only thing that I have a question in the episode is all, is right, all well. the things that they tie to their to the convenience of two out of five. Then. They they hear each other's thoughts and they can't walk away from each other or they get headaches. Yeah, I mean it's a weird thing to write in. Like, let's try to get away from each other. Yeah, if they're if they know they're not going to allow them to get away from each other, right? Because like that to be that would be like us sitting here going. Well, why don't they just walk away from each other? Which I really wouldn't think of. Would you? Right. <laughs> so if they wanted to avoid, you know, sharing their thoughts all the time, then no, no. I mean, but like, would it, would that dawn on us watching the show that why don't they just get further away from each other? No. Right. I guess it's. A, so you're saying so the so the they hear each other's thoughts because of the proximity. They made that decision. Yes. And then. They didn't want them to walk away from each other, so they make the other decision that yeah, instead of just in having them if not they walk, walk away, away from each other. Yeah, but like, why not just not have them walk away from each other? Could you get away with not doing the proximity thing? That just yeah, I don't think you would ever have to address it. I think that's the reason the not walking away from each other thing is 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 there because they're trying to convince them they're they're trying to have them have a reason to not go. Basically, what they do, which is well, why don't we just walk? You know farther away from yeah but what i'm saying is like that that part of it is like you think they wouldn't we wouldn't have thought of it no i think we would have if they realize it's proximity well i mean how far 12 feet 14 feet 16 feet is it like if i can hear you from over here then we're too close and then like they'd have to be super far apart (laughs) like it's like yeah whatever the transporter sensor log shows an unusual concentration of anti-graviton particles in the emitter coil Concentration of anti-graviton particles suggests a tractor beam. It might have deflected the transporter beam to a different set of coordinates. Is there a way to locate those coordinates? Oh, Very say, clever. If anybody out say. there is hearing a dog barking, thinking, why aren't I looking after the dog? Then um, the answer to you is, it's actually the neighbors behind my house with their two dogs that bark at literally every sound. Oh, it's, it wasn't... Uh... No. It wasn't Bo, huh? Um, I think the Prit are seem very advanced, and I don't know why they're not kicking Kess's butt. The Kess's butt, not Kess of Kess and Neelix. Um, if they can uh, come up with this uh, tractor beam deflecting a transporter beam thing. Which seems to be like, uh, you know, I guess they just wrote it in, but like... Why would that do that? Be able to aim a beam at a transporter beam, right? With the speed that the transporter beam moves at. Yeah, I don't even know, Andy. That just sounds crazy. I kind of agree with you. That crazy part of this crazy technology sounds crazy. The tractor beam originated somewhere in the Prit Alliance. Now, what does the Prit want with Captain Picard and Doctor Crusher? I don't know, and it's not going to be easy to find out. The Prit have consistently refused all outside contact. We're going to have to work through the Kess. What if we brought them a pizza and said, this pizza was ordered? No? <laughs> brought it to their Contact door. Ambassador Morick. Tell him I'm I have, right now. I'll replicate right, an outfit just in case. <laughs> I need to make the cap just right. To present my profound apologies regarding this unfortunate incident. <laughs> Everything that the, that, the, that the Kess do on the ship, I was kind of like, Worf should be like, that's a good idea. Yes. <laughs> like everything they do true. for paranoia should be like, that is, that makes sense. Yeah. That's no. very kind, Ambassador. But I don't think anyone here holds you or the Kess government responsible for what happened. 
Our primary concern is not to assign blame, but to recover our missing officers. I agree. We are prepared to insert a hostage rescue team into the Prit capital city on three hours' notice. Ambassador, we have not even attempted a diplomatic effort yet. I would rather not use force until we have exhausted all other options. I don't believe there is any diplomatic option, Commander. It's also weird that like they're so paranoid that they don't even tell them that they've already <laughs> they've already initiated the escape. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't really trust Starfleet either. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Formal relations with the Pret. No ambassadors. There's simply no way to contact them. Surely you must have some means of communication in case of a planetary emergency. We have never had need of such a system. We can determine their communications frequencies and establish a link. Allow me to be blunt. The Pret are fanatical, xenophobic people with little regard for civilized discourse. Even if you do establish a communications link with them, it'll be a complete waste of time. How long has it been since your last diplomatic contact? <laughs> Almost a century. Then it's possible they may have changed over the years. We have had other less formal contacts with print. Does that seem insane to you? We cannot discuss. Uh, go ahead. What what does what seem insane? I'm trying to think. I guess there must be. You're trying examples. to think about what. Of in in actual world history, of um, of you know a tenuous uh, a, a tenuous um, relationship between neighboring countries, wherein there was there was the conflict was heightened to the degree where there was no contact at all. Mm-hmm. It seems like it couldn't have existed for a hundred years though, and yet no active war between well what them. they what they say what they don't say is actually a deleted scene but the prit uh, believe in the QAnon conspiracy <laughs> so they've they've just the uh, the Kess have just stayed off facebook i see i see <laughs> yeah. but i can they assure you that scene. they have changed very little with all due respect ambassador i think i should try to communicate with the prit before i sanction the use of force of course commander in the meantime, I will continue making preparations for a rescue mission. Agreed. I do have one request. <laughs> we believe not that the print obtained information about the that. transport of your captain and doctor through a breach of our communications network. If I could establish a base of operations here on the Enterprise, I'd feel much more secure. Mr. Worf will help you. Thank you, Lieutenant. Uh, one other thing. We would yeah. like a series of uh, desserts brought for security reasons <laughs> and uh, very cushy uh, beds and mattresses. Uh, uh, possibly uh, a lot of gold press latinum <laughs> for my communication devices. <laughs> Simply securing the area. I can assure you there is no need. I'm sure you're right. Yes, this will do very nicely. As security chief of the Enterprise, I would be glad to assist you in any way possible. There's no need. We'll take care of everything. Thank you, Lieutenant. I feel like Worf often leaves the room, heads to Holodeck 3, creates that person in the Holodeck. I would love to see that. <laughs> just constantly, just like, you know, palm to the chin, palm to the chin. Yes, very good. 
<laughs> I'll be on my way though. You just see the same scene again and then yeah. Worf fucking destroys them. <laughs> There's no need. <laughs> Thank you. This whole chamber is filled with pockets of a methanogenic compound. Can we get through it? I think so. What did you say? I didn't say anything. There might be a fairly regular pattern to these eruptions. We should be able to navigate our way through them if we're careful. Say what? Now. Uh... The eruptions have stopped. The gas is building up. I mean, just seems like crazy for the cast to be like okay now go through this fire cave <laughs> it does seem like their escape plan is in, it almost almost designed to kill them <laughs> if you can answer these riddles three escape <laughs> what we assume they could answer the riddles <laughs> they're going to have to adjust open a channel this is prime minister horat's headquarters how can i be of service this is Commander William T. Riker, Federation Starship Enterprise. Whoa. Permission to speak. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hit a button. Right? I know this may seem an unusual way. The Enterprise? You mean the ship in orbit? That's right. Why are you on this comlink? <laughs> We're having trouble contacting your government directly. We had to start somewhere. If you would let me talk Did to you. Did you get authorization for this communication from the security ministry? As I this said, is, we're having trouble contacting you. This is how people react now when you call them and don't text them. This is basically the same level of panic and upset. <laughs> and upset. <laughs> Why are you calling me? What, what What's is happening? happening? Why? <laughs> just text. But it will take 45 times longer to just text. And we could finish this in about a minute and a half. No, I don't want to hear you. <laughs> Do not participate in an unauthorized communication. This transmission is terminated. That's what I should just say every time someone calls me. This transmission is terminated. <laughs> That'd be great. Discuss the situation. There is nothing to discuss. If you do not terminate these transmissions, we will be forced to take aggressive action against your ship. Their weapon systems pose no threat to the Enterprise. They're pretty bold for people who's Weapon systems pose no it's threat. The same. Let's keep the shields up for the time being. Right, so Their weapon systems pose no threat, that? even though they somehow oh, intercepted our transport beam in a way that no one else has ever done. <laughs> but that's not a weapon, per se. <laughs> I'm afraid I must insist that you provide us with more information. That's what they oh, specialize in. I understand in. your concern, of course, but I would feel more comfortable discussing these operational details in a less public environment. Certainly, we can like. step into the ready room. I would prefer the quarters you provided me. Safer. I like this All right. characterization of paranoia. That it's not, it's very understated and not like, um, you know, he's not acting like an outright crazy person. <laughs> he's just like, I'm just reasonably asking for many things that indicate that I don't trust a single one of you nor anyone. <laughs> just in a very calm voice. I mean, he very, he very easily could have. Uh could have walked in there and like done crazy looking arounds like suspicious right. head turns and stuff and that's what i'm talking about with specific acting this guy there could have are. done any of that he yeah. did it very understated 
I wonder if there are other takes where he was just bananas. <laughs> and Frakes is like, hey, why don't you take it down a notch? You know, we don't need to be so crazy. We could ask Frakes and then ask Frakes. There's no way out of here. All right, I'll be right back. Let's set it up. I'm kidding. Yay, why don't we call him the way we just said? <laughs> See what his reaction is. He's old school. So am I. What? I'm thirsty too. I didn't say anything about being thirsty. I heard you. You said, I'm very thirsty. I was thinking about it, but I didn't say anything. I, don't I heard you. You said, I could use a fucking drink. <laughs> and I didn't say it. Like, if everything in Picard's was a sailor, he's just swearing like a sailor in his head. <laughs> Every internal thought was just phrased like a, like a, just like a cockney, just crazed, just like, just a football hooligan. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Transceivers. Lauren said that they would align themselves to our psi wave patterns. The implants must be transmitting our thoughts. What am I thinking? I don't know. I can't hear your thoughts either. Well, maybe it was a fluke. Well, right now we have more immediate concerns. Does your map show us a way out of here? I've got a hot shit in the chamber. What? <laughs> <laughs> Captain, I didn't say anything. No, you did. I heard you say I have a hot shit in the chamber. <laughs> I really have to go to the bathroom. Yes, we need to go up. Nobody ever has to go to the bathroom on these missions. Uh, you know, it happens and we don't see it. Look, they did that joke in First Contact where Zephyrin Cochran's like. I gotta take a leak, and then Jordy goes, "Leak? I'm not detecting any leak." And then he goes, "Don't you people ever pee in the 23rd century?" And he goes, "Oh, leak. I get it. That's very funny." <laughs> yeah, but it's not the even even then you don't see Jordy do it. <laughs> well, no, but you Zephram goes, you know. Oh, you want to see people peeing? I don't want to see. What them. did we just, just discover wanna... about you? This is a very new fetish for you. Andy. I wanted to see it referred to. <laughs> I see. I really don't. I understand why they don't do it. So interesting. So I was looking at... What if all of this stuff is just to make coffee? uh, These machines are so hilariously old school amidst the TNG technology. I love it. I love the the little rotating... (laughs) Um, radio wave things or whatever they are, and the it's just everything is just like looks like stuff they found around the the production office. <laughs> oh, for sure, it's so great. I see you've done some redecorating. Just a few pieces equipment <laughs> necessary you. for security reasons. Fucking, you understand? Tesla. Certainly. He Certainly. is um all right. <laughs> Not good. Specific acting. I looked up that guy's uh, credits and I couldn't find anything of note. Um, Which guy? The uh, the main guy? The, the aide. And I looked up the oh, main the guy aide. too, who um, who is uh, Robin Gamel, and mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's astonishing, just endless endless credits, but nothing that made me go like, oh yeah, that guy. Hmm. Interesting. Did you have That's a feeling that you knew him from something? 
I felt like it was a Secunda thing where it was like, I think this guy looks like a guy that I have a claim to fame for, but this guy I don't have a claim to fame for. Mm. Um, but he's uh, just endless, endless work. Just shows how you can really, you can really make a career out of this and Too never many break credits. Uh, yeah, but like you know, never be famous. But and maybe that's a that's a great life. I feel you like get that's a lot of money the way to go, right? You're just you get like a nice. Yeah, you're not hassled. working, and you do your thing. Yeah, you're you're exploring your craft. This room. Here I get those door For some boxes. time we have had certain friends among the Prit, citizens who realize that the long struggle between our two peoples can only end when the Prit government is made to see reason. You recruited a few Prit spies. It's a crude but accurate term. These friends will be waiting for your captain and doctor when they reach the village of Encore near the Kez border. The map we provided your officers will take them to a tavern there. Forgive me, Ambassador, but is it wise to send two human fugitives in Starfleet uniforms into a Prit village? The danger is minimal. Our operatives control almost the whole village. Once contact has been made with Captain Picard and Dr. Crusher, our friends will escort them across the border into Kes. Not Neelix. I would still feel better if they could rendezvous with your operatives in a less public place. Commander, I assure you, we know what we're doing. We've had a great deal of experience of dealing with the Prit. We'd hardly risk the safety of your people. After all, we still hope that fantastic. you will recommend our entrance into the Federation. This guy's controlled, and he's showing... He's not showing menace, but he's showing suspicion, but he doesn't show it on the surface. I think it's just a great performance. Um, I don't disagree. I mean, look, it's if you want to give him the 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 coveted award of, of guest lecturer, I think, <laughs> by the way. For specific characters. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's a new, new award. Kind of school specific acting guest lecturer award. Anything else you're making me hungry. What do you want me to think about? Something other than a large bowl of vegetable soup. My grandmother used to make it with peas, carrots, and Beverly! Peas. I'm sorry. I am not being unreasonable. I didn't say that you were. I may have thought it, but there's a difference. You're right. We can't react to every random thought that crosses the other person's mind. Is he wearing his jacket and then just left it behind? Seems like that he, he might did need it. leave it behind. Which I'm like, that's such a great jacket. Why would you leave it behind? Astonishing, <laughs> though, how much clutter there is in the consciousness. Odd memories coming to the surface. Bits of half-remembered songs. Stray daydreams, scattered minutia. Wonder how true telepaths sift through it all. How can they really get to what someone's thinking if the mind keeps churning all this flotsam to the surface? That is not funny. I wanted to see if you were still listening. I think, think our said? link is getting stronger. Yeah, you're annoying me like Wesley. Mm. That's, a, that's a good guess. <laughs> it is something she would say that's not funny to. Yeah. Maybe if we put some distance between us, that might weaken it. Not that I'm growing tired of hearing your most intimate so That's thoughts. the reason this that's is here. Not. Which is what? So that he could say that line. Yeah. <laughs> Eh, maybe. I mean, not maybe. You're probably 100% right. Oh, boy. I wish that... That like, music, uh, that ominous music. When they found out that the uh, uh, 
this made them nauseous. She should have been like, well, it solves the hunger thing. Because, you know, <laughs> I don't think they're hungry anymore. It's true. Mm. There's nothing yeah, wrong with either of us. Fantastic. Maybe shape. the air is toxic. It's all that vegetable soup, you know? Oh, same thing. That was stupid because that was three feet. <laughs> yeah, it should have been now, a little bit more. Now they have to stay, maybe because they weakened the link by going back, they now have to stay one foot from each other. <laughs> Right. When you move back to me, it got better. Just as it always has. Well, it seems as if we're stuck with each other. Just like that Matt Damon movie. What if they decided to do like a Freaky Friday? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised, by the way. I'm surprised Star Trek hasn't done. Oh, I guess they have. They must in, have. Uh, in the original series, they. Sort of did. No doubt in my mind. When that woman took over Kirk's body. Yeah. What is it? I'm not sure whether we should go over this hill or that one. The topography on this map is a little vague. Let me see. That hill leads to the golf course, and this one leads to the horses. This way. I thought it was interesting that she... uh, I understand that it's probably a medical tricorder, but that she... uh, she manned the tricorder once they were in sort of the mission proper part of the, sh- the episode. No, I would think that, that he would be more adept needs, with that kind of stuff. He needs to have his faculties about him so he can command, you know? <laughs> it's what it seems like. It's sort I of think just that, giving her something to do. But also, like, you have, like, this, right. this brilliant uh, officer who was the chief of Starfleet Medical who yeah. is, you know, can command a starship. Uh, at your disposal. Why not use her? And then you, you're free to, you know, be Captain Picard. I guess. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. What? I mean, you're acting like you know exactly which way to go, but you're only guessing. Do you do this all the time? Yes, I do. So, this is where it but, comes uh, from. You're trying to be Picard. times when it is necessary for a captain to give the appearance of confidence. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just couldn't resist. I'm beginning to realize that you always seem to have some acerbic remark on the tip of your tongue. Well, at least I've trained myself not to say it anymore. When I was a little girl, my mouth was always landing me in trouble with my parents, my teachers. And your friends? There was someone called Tom Norris? That's right. I had one date with him, which I brought to an abrupt halt with the words, is that a beard or is your face face dirty? dirty? <laughs> I wonder if he if the line was written called Tom Norris or if he made it more British. I believe we've gone through this exact question. Have we? Where he said called. And we looked at the script. And the out. script said called. So maybe I believe that we we have I believe that, that It must be a universally I remember that, I think. American writing staff, right? I believe so, yeah. At this so time. They're just writing for his... Um, what was it? Tom? Is that the character's name? Tom Robinson? No, uh, Tom nope. Norris? Your friends and someone named Tom Norris. Yes. That's right. I had one date with him, which I brought to an abrupt halt with the words, is that a beard or is, your, is face your face dirty? dirty? <laughs> it's really the meaner things that she can Something more. You're laughing, but actually you were embarrassed by that incident. 
Yes. I thought I was being cute, but I really hurt him. That was a long time ago. I learned a valuable lesson. The sharing of thoughts and feelings is quite compelling. Very. We'd better get going. Well, I mean, look, I think it's uh, all good. It's great. Two. Performances are great. It's also, they're really, this is really what you should be using um, a final season or a, or a TV show when you're this far into it. Is like, they're really depending on these two actors having such comfort with each other to really play these subtle scenes mm-hmm. in a way that you wouldn't be able to early in the series. Or we wouldn't do as effectively. Uh, yeah. All right. Mm. Two. <laughs> Have a seat. This is second line. I don't think he goes to five. He wants to say a line there, but he just gestured. Terrible Captain specific Card acting and Dr. from that Crusher guy. did not show up at the designated rendezvous point. Do you know what happened to them? No. We have no idea what happened to them. We find it strange that your officers should follow the escape plan so precisely and then fail to make the crucial rendezvous with our operative. Well, it is possible they have been recaptured. Our sources would have informed us instantly if that had happened. Of course, if they weren't captured, if they simply made a different rendezvous, we might not ever know about it. A different rendezvous? I'm not sure I know what you mean. Of course not. How could you know if your captain and doctor were meeting secretly with the Prit? Meeting in order to set up a military alliance with the Federation. What? It was a clever scheme. First you pretend to lose your officers during transport. Then you ask us for help and get us to expose several of our undercover operatives in the process. But what you didn't expect was for us to get your people out of prison so quickly. They needed more time. They needed more time to plot the destruction of the Kez with their new Prit friends. This is ridiculous. You're beginning to see conspiracies everywhere. We were invited here by the Kess. Why would we ally ourselves with the Pret? Indeed. Why? Ah. Do you not see how many machines like? we brought up here? We're going to find our people with or without your help. This one spins. Then I believe it is time for <laughs> you us. You can't lie to a spinning machine. To be leaving the and this one, if you touch the little lightning bolts, then they fly to your fingers. Yes, look. All right. Everywhere I move my fingers, everywhere the bolts go. This is a lava lamp. <laughs> we can eat. Wow. By this time tomorrow, we could be back on board the Enterprise and you can plant yourself in front of a replicator with a knife and fork. Andy's dream. Remember that Vulcan dish I promised for <laughs> breakfast? Well, I was just... You hate having breakfast with me. That's not true. <laughs> yes, it is. When I said breakfast, I heard you say, I hate that. That's not quite what I meant. Well, then what did you mean? It, it's just that I don't like... Uh... What I've been choosing for breakfast recently. You see, I think that breakfast should be a simple meal, and recently you've been ordering these elaborate things. Coffee and croissant. That's all you really want, isn't it? Coffee and croissant. Well, why didn't you just say so? I didn't think it was important. You don't like those elaborate meals either. No, I usually prefer something simple myself, but I thought you might enjoy more variety. Well, I guess it's coffee and croissant for both of us from now on. (laughs) How many times have we had this discussion, Matt? 
I mean, almost daily. <laughs> um, but we never laugh and then say, I guess it's coffee and croissant. <laughs> True. And I also wish that Picard was like, why are you saying it like that? Are you mocking me? <laughs> croissant? <laughs> Is it a bad idea for them to light a fire? I mean, I would think so. Doesn't seem like doesn't seem like it's that cold. Also, he threw away his jacket without a second thought. <laughs> Bet you want that jacket now, don't you, Picard? Something about the flame, the smell of the smoke. It always seemed to me to be intoxicating somehow. I remember when Jack and I took Wesley on his first camping trip to Belfour Lake. Wesley kept throwing manta leaves into the fire, watching them pop. Jack kept telling him... What? Jean-Luc, I heard you. Don't push it away. When I said Jack and I, I felt this sudden wave of something. I didn't know you felt that way. Didn't you? I, I guess I always knew that there was... an attraction between us right from the start, but... I never knew how strongly you felt. Why didn't you ever tell me you were in love with me? You were married to my best friend. First, I thought it was harmless infatuation, something hormonal rather than emotional. Then when the months went by and the three of us began spending more time together... I realized that it was something else, and it wasn't right. But although I would never act on it, I couldn't help the way I felt. And when Jack died, you felt guilty. I felt guilty before he died, having feelings like that for my best friend's wife. And then later, after the accident, I promised myself that I would never tell you how I felt. It would be like betraying my friend. That's why you didn't want me on the Enterprise seven years ago. This is fantastic. I didn't know how I would react. And then, little by little, I realized that I... I didn't have those feelings anymore. Twenty years is, after all, a long time. Just so... Now we're friends. So great. So okay, mm-hmm. uh, so many things. First of all, Quick, I was unpack like, it, on the, unpack it. I was on the edge of my seat watching this scene. <laughs> it's like why I watch television. I was just like, oh, he's gonna. Oh my gosh, he he was in love with her first. Oh my goodness, they're finding out. I was just so excited. Um, so I was surprised. 
that it seemed like it just went one way. Like she was sort of, it seems like she's sort of saying, yeah, I was attracted to you, but you know, I never thought it was more than that. Whereas I felt like the show kind of leans into on a, on a subtle level, like Beverly being a little bit more fixated on Picard than the other way. And I understand that here it's revealing that Picard has the feelings and he's just pushing them down. Um, but I'm surprised that it wasn't like revealed that Beverly also felt that way. And like, maybe they, it was a misconnection at some point. Mm-hmm. Were you? Or is it hard to pick apart because you just know the show so well? At this well, point? I mean, no, I mean, we don't know anything really about that time. Right. We find out the most about it, I guess here. Right. Um, and that said, I think it's probably, probably like, oh, I was, I'm, I was kind of into you, and then like you were more into Jack, and then you guys got married, and then I was like, well, oh, all right, right. I mean, well, I don't even know if the timeline works out that way. Does he, I don't either. I feel like she might. I feel like at least in my head canon, he's she got together with Jack prior to meeting Picard. Uh, and or it was already on its way so it was just taken off the table well then there you go and then he must have just felt guilt and never brought it up right no i understand it from picard's perspective what i'm asking is were you surprised in the reveal of this scene that it feels like the show is saying beverly was attracted but there was never anything more than that and even if you want to assume okay she never allowed herself to feel anything more than that. Although that's weird because Picard was didn't want to allow himself to feel it, and she he felt it. So she could have felt feel you know been in love with Picard and just not uh, not acted on it because she was already with Jack. But putting that aside, I I was surprised that the show seemed to be saying that she was not in love and kind of pining for Picard post Jack. Were you surprised? No, because he felt like, as I think was established in an earlier episode, I think he feels so much guilt over Jack's death. Not Picard, Beverly. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think, I think she probably was like, I mean, at the time, you know, she's got this young son. She's a widow. I don't. I just. I, I guess this is all headcanon, but like, I would probably say that it just wasn't first and foremost on her mind at that point. Do you know what I mean? And then as time sort of went on, yeah, uh, that the whatever that spark was sort of dissipated, and then she just, you know, was dealing with the fact that I've got this annoying child. I don't know. I. I mean, yes. At a certain point, the the. The um, I don't know the the relationship. I don't know if you say normalizes or whatever. Becomes like okay, this is this is we're just friends. I'm I'm. It's just not. I can't think about this every day. But um, I don't know. You even go back to the naked now, uh, and you could say that falls into the heading of attraction. Um, but I mean, fucking maybe that's why Picard is making all those weird noises he's using every every ounce of emotional strength to not say I'm in love with you um, but uh, but uh, I don't know 
it just seems odd that a okay fine i'll accept it from the picard side that he's just he's has a superhuman level of just like keeping it keep it locked down um but i feel like i don't know i wish i could come up with examples but i feel like the show has implied that beverly either in moments of jealousy or or just subtle you know um i don't know just it seems like she had a a bigger crush on picard that equaled what they're saying in this in this scene that he did so i was surprised but in any event uh i love it i just love this scene and i love this reveal and i and i love how they handled it uh as much as i'm saying it's odd that beverly didn't say oh i also had those feelings beyond just attraction Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it makes total sense. This is how you fucking extrapolate off the canon you've established. That of course it would make sense that Picard could have felt this the whole time because Picard's exactly the kind of guy who would have just kept it pushed down and never revealed it. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's just really satisfying and great. And, uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of Secunda Needs Girlfriend going on here. I'm just like, they're in love. It's so adult romantic. Andy needs a girlfriend. <laughs> but uh, it's just so satisfying. Um, yeah, that was a great, that's a great scene. And I, and I like, um, I like discovering backstory about characters, even this late into a show, but like backstory that makes sense. Right, you know stuff that like doesn't feel like. You mean like when uh, Hoshi was talking about how uh, Mayweather was always a prankster? You know, yes, yes, like that kind of thing. Yes, <laughs> even though we've yes, seen right. no evidence of him even being someone who likes to make jokes in any Why? way. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. Thanks for. Well, at the end of the scene, they're just sort of... Well, <laughs> we still have a lot of ground to cover tomorrow. We should get some sleep. Right. If you know what I'm saying. But he is saying now he is not in love with her. Uh, He's saying it sort of drifted away over time. Yeah. What a great moment of acting for both of them. But it, like, especially like this fucking Patrick Stewart moment at the end where he's like, well, it's out. I didn't reveal it. Just a lifetime of containing it. Oh, see, I thought in this scene at the end here, he was thinking, I wish I'd took my, I wish I'd taken my jacket. <laughs> well, everybody has their own interpretation. I'm cold oh, now. It is fucking cold. <laughs> Sailor real, I'm such a fool. Why didn't I take my jacket with me? Uh, Beverly said, "Leave the jacket. Uh, it'll slow John us Luke, down." Can you she stop said. thinking about your jacket. <laughs> I feel like we just had a real big moment here. I know, but it's so cold. <laughs> also, that's a captain's jacket. You know, uh, no one else has one. Ambassador, thank you for coming, Commander. We're going to clear up this misunderstanding once and for all. He's got duct tape on his arms. Hail, Minister Lauren, please. Aye, sir. 
Enterprise, I have warned you about these unauthorized communications. Yes, I know. But I think it's about time we all sat down together and tried to work this out. I have Ambassador Morik here That and... is your misfortune. We have nothing to say to either of you. Commander, you're working with the Prit. Putting on this little show for my benefit does neither of us any good. We'll see, Mr. Worf. I believe there's someone waiting for us in the observation lounge. I should have... <laughs> My wife? <laughs> you son of a bitch! No, anyone willing to deal with the Kess would be capable of such an outrage. I'm sorry to resort to such drastic measures, Minister, but you left me little choice. Don't pretend the two of you are enemies. It's too late for charades. If that is an attempt to hide your military alliance with the Federation, you needn't bother. I already know far more than you can imagine. Let's all just sit down and try to find out what happened to Captain Picard and Dr. Crusher. I will not sit at a table with him. No more than I would sit with her. All right, then, we'll stand. The important thing is that we start talking. What about stools? I am not authorized to talk <laughs> with the Kess official. That's more of what a, all, a counter what all, situation. What if we all lean? Come, come, <laughs> let's go to Data's uh, console. We could lean on it. Uh, trust me, it's great. What about beanbag chairs? <laughs> Anyone have any objections to a hammock? <laughs> uh, one hammock or three hammocks? <laughs> eh, up to you. <laughs> a generous love seat, perhaps? <laughs> All right, then you talk to me. Where are my officers? As if you don't know already. The Kess don't believe in tight hoods around our heads. Let's go. We like to hear everything. To resolve the Kess, while a friendly and democratic people, are driven by suspicion, deviousness, and paranoia. Crazy implements with spinning things. It is the opinion of this officer that they are not ready for membership. They just go, whew, whew, now, whew, you know what I mean? <laughs> the matter of our missing officers... They're still charged with spying, Commander. I have heard nothing here which would alter that. Then maybe you should consider this. If anything happens to them, Starfleet is going to want a full investigation, which means more starships will be coming to Kesprit, and those ships are going to want answers, which puts your country under a very large and very uncomfortable microscope. Remember how unhappy you were when we contacted just one of your people Let's without call you instead of texting? Well, just think what it would be like. Ten starships asking questions, contacting hundreds of your people, massive sensor sweeps. They may even start sending down away teams, all because you wouldn't help me find my missing officers. This is pretty great. They're really showing Riker handling these people really well. And not in a Picard way, but in a, you know, his own sort of aggressive Riker way of handling a diplomatic situation. In a way where he's like... I'm going to be very stern. Yep. But also have kind eyes. <laughs> the soft beard. Minister, we have the human female. The male is standing in Kess territory. Very well. Transmit their coordinates to the Enterprise transporter room. They're going to feel... Beverly's going to be so like, oh my God, they were trying to save us the whole time. And we were <laughs> running away. She doesn't know. <laughs> That it wasn't until just now. <laughs> yeah. Understood. 
It's also nice. Thank you, Minister. That that thing where she kind of sacrifices herself is a nice end to it. It's adorable. So cute. What do you what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, what do you think uh, they're saying here? <laughs> Did I miss something? Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Do you think she's just making fun of Riker's beard? Because that's the only I comedy she knows. I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. This guy actually thinks this beard looks good on him. That was wonderful. <laughs> he, they, he, they both look like they belong on horseback together. <laughs> like in this, these if, outfits, the casual horseback outfits. What if between them at this uh, romantic candlelit dinner was just a pile of croissants? <laughs> I would I would appreciate it. I would appreciate the callback. So, yeah. Jams. Oh, jams and clotted such. cream. Jams and such. <laughs> Is that what our our our, uh, our little shop should be called? Yep. Don't get me wrong, Jean-Luc, but I'm glad we're not Jean-Luc. joined at the hip any longer. So, were well, you getting tired of my company? This is like his rice outfit. Just tired of into you every 30 seconds. A <laughs> good Risa outfit. Yeah. I like I think that. he was wearing something like this on Risa. I was beginning to feel as if I you were part of my I think this is what he was wearing when he was Mott. And he was oh, uh, oh, yeah, saving yeah. the ship single-handedly because he, by the way, had his saddle with him. So, he was, uh, this is his horseback outfit as far as I'm concerned. Right. Uniform. To freedom. It's an freedom. odd thing to, to, to toast to freedom after you've been held captive. I guess <laughs> really, that's true. Really, it's pretty good. Pretty good thing to. Seems like it's more about them and their connection, though, than it is about the freedom. Uh, Penny for uh, your thoughts. What's better? I was just thinking that as distracting as it was, I was beginning to get used to hearing your thoughts and I find that I miss it. So do I. It was very intimate. You know, last night I couldn't sleep. Oh? I was awake for several hours and thanks to the implants, I got to hear some very interesting dreams of yours. This? Man cannot be held responsible for what his mind does while he's asleep. What about when he's awake? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What, what is the? Oh my goodness! I don't know. What's going on? What did he? What was he thinking? <laughs> what is happening here? I mean, I think what's happening here is just uh, uh, just true love, you know? Is it? I don't I think know. They're, they're being very ambiguous. I think they're being very professional. Yeah. Well, now that we've had this unique experience, what do we do? What do you mean? You know exactly what I mean. No, I don't. The implants have been removed, remember? It's kind of a nice counterpoint. Now that we know how each of us feels, perhaps we should not be afraid to explore those feelings. Or perhaps. 
perhaps we should be afraid. I think I should be going now. So crazy. Also, yes, I her think about it. No, I want to see the whole thing. Play. I don't remember where it exactly landed. So it seems like it's leaving it very ambiguous at this point. You guys know, obviously, where it goes from here. It's doing one of his classic Picard staring out at the stars situations. staring at the croissants for tomorrow's breakfast. Crazy town. What a crazy episode. Um, uh, I mean, another thing is that they... There are so many shows where it's built on the chemistry mm-hmm. of... Um, you know, two of your favorite characters and like, ooh, are they going to get together and they dance around it and they figure out ways to keep them apart and they whatever. And they haven't, you know, they, they've definitely touched on it here and there, but the show isn't really built for heavy serialization. Um, and uh, and often when you finally get the characters together that you're like, oh, when is it going to happen? It's always like, oh, that's how they're getting them together. <laughs> It's it's more often than not disappointing and like mm-hmm. oh that's not that doesn't seem if I watched several seasons of this show that's not how I and this seems like such a nice progression it was handled so well in in a way that's like got a lot of I mean it's in the last season they knew at this point that they were in the last season do you know yes they did so there's a little less danger but um, it's still. It's a lot of pressure on that relationship and easily could have disappointed the fans. And uh, they just handle it so well. Mm-hmm. I'm just very impressed. I uh, I think we should play this. Um... Hmm. What do you think, pal? I feel well, like Riker certainly resolves answer. a bunch of crap on the. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, that's that seems to be right to me. That's it. Just yeah, seems to be Riker's. He's the one who resolves it. Yeah, it seems to be Riker's yeah. dealio. Because the other thing is just because of the 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 fighting between the Kess and the Prit that they mm-hmm. escaped. So, yeah, I'd say it's Riker. All right, certainly not Worf, chief of security. <laughs> my foot. How many Andy's does this episode get? Well, tough one. Um, because there's uh, there's not a lot going on in the episode other than the thing that I like best about it, which is the the exploration of the relationship between Picard and Beverly. But it's funny that we've had a bunch of episodes, both in the Patreon and here lately, that I've given sort of high rankings to. When internally, I'm kind of like, 
I think this was like the progression was really well written, and and the and the and the heightenings are really well written in each act, and um, and yet there's something missing that's not quite like you know me being excited about the episode and fully engaged emotionally in the episode. Mm-hmm. Whereas I kind of feel almost like the reverse in this that there's no real plot progression that's like uh, um, in terms of surface plot. That's that interesting, you know. I kind of like the Kess and the Prit stuff, and and uh, actually, we never really talked about that concept. I think we talked about it maybe in a prior episode about the idea of like, does a whole planet have to be agreed on the Federation being involved in order for them to get involved? Um, right. It feels yeah, like that's very that unlikely. True. What do you mean? Um, it's, it's but in you know in the in the wonderful world of. Uh, utopian gene roddenberry future it's it's very likely what do you think that picard's point about well i don't know if you can like when she brings up the australia example and they sort of jump away from that scene without exploring it what was he going to say like that doesn't count i don't think the writers knew either those crazy australians you can't expect them to go along (laughs) um anyway uh so i like that aspect of it and i and i've said i like the uh, the performance and the characterization of the kess and the prit mm-hmm. but it's not that sparkly it's not that impressive it's just sort of a nice b plot but i just love this progression this a plot it really um i really find it well handled and um i'm giving it a nine this episode wow andy that's unbelievably higher than i thought it would be uh I guess if I were to rate it based on everything, I find yeah. the subplot enjoyable. I find Riker's handling of the of the of the cuckoo bananas paranoia uh, very enjoyable. Also, uh, I really like what is going on with um, Beverly and 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 John Luke. There's not a lot. There's not a lot to dislike in this episode. So earlier when I called your rating crazy was a mislead because I also <laughs> give it a 9 <laughs> give it a, what'd you say? I also give it a 9 9 we did it everybody we're gonna go check out the trailer what's the next episode? It's, we might have uh, forgotten to show the trailer last time FYI yeah, this, this happens occasionally but good news is we're not forgetting right now so sorry mm. everyone uh, Force of Nature is next. I believe this is the one where Warp Drive is tearing apart the fabric of the universe. Uh, Spoiler. <laughs> I wonder if... I hope it's like the first thing in the in the thing. In the, the universe is being torn apart. <laughs> yeah. Let's find out. Here's the trailer. Something is ripping apart the very fabric of space. Warp fields cause a dangerous reaction in this region of space. Warp fields. The Enterprise's own warp engine are the cause. <laughs> <laughs> now the Federation's most critical tool of exploration. Spoiler trailer. Trigger the galaxy's <laughs> ultimate destruction. Shields up, full reverse. Now. Now. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Universe being torn apart by warp engines next time. <laughs> I mean, that was almost essentially exactly what they said. It is. That's pretty wild. I'm happy with that. I'm proud of me. Uh, all right, everybody, enjoy this episode because uh, uh, you'll get another one later this month.
So Sweet. good job by you, everybody. Good job by us recording this on October 5th. <laughs> yeah, impressive. <laughs> <laughs> really most proud of Andy and myself. Uh, you guys did nothing, but uh, yeah, cool. You supported emotionally. That's right. If you need more of us. You had positive Patreon. thoughts that we, we, we you shielded from us because uh, you felt like you couldn't pursue your relationship with us. <coughs> and also distance between Andy and I causes nausea. So thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Disengage. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.